Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's shore collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager, a.k.a. the Fit Chick of Bicycling Magazine. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Um, so, hey, Ms. Runs with Turkeys, how you doing? <laughs> oh, boy, Patrick. So, um, I'm, I am doing well. It's funny, I, I just recovered pretty much today, but then I went out and trashed myself again, which I'll get to in a second. But it was... <laughs> Um, it was really, I haven't run on pavement in, it's gotta be at least a year. It's probably longer. Um, so this is a, this is a paved climb and it really does. It hits 15% for a half a mile. Um, Mm, well done. Yeah. So, and so how I didn't use a backpack because I decided I wanted to be a purist to carry. (laughs) So for the people who maybe didn't listen. Last week, the our town had a charity, uh, our funk brewing and our running store combined efforts, and they had a turkeys up 10th Street. So the admission to the run is 1.3 miles up a very steep, so steepest hill in town, um, was a frozen turkey. And all you had to do, all, is run the turkey up to the top of 10th Street, which does indeed hit 15% for a half a mile. <laughs> um and then deposit the turkey and run back down, even though you're not with the turkey. Oh, my dear Lord. So, A, a lot of people, there were a lot of people trying to figure out the whole thing. They had the turkeys in the, like a baby Bjorn in the front, or they had the turkey on the backpack and in the back, you know, they were just embracing their turkey. So I didn't want to like use any implements. I was going to be a purist and carry it, which was fine. I ended up with so, actually. So, just, wait. What? So the fit chick had to take the hard way? Yes. So I didn't want okay. I, I okay. to. Okay. I just wanted to, wanted to be yes, clear on it. Be, yeah. Okay. I wanted to be pure. <laughs> um, but holding the turkey was really uh, miserable. It was miserable to hold it like, in, <laughs> like it was, it was, there was nothing good about that. But I ended up. How frozen was it? Um, it was cold, you know, so I had gloves on so I could be able to handle the turkey. It wasn't like a rock though. Right. So I had just gotten it uh-huh. out of like, I had just bought it. Um, but I ended up carrying it on my shoulder, and and that worked. That worked really, really well. Um, yeah. So I shouldered the turkey up, and I, okay. oh my lord, I was so I was sore immediately. It wasn't even the next day. Like as soon as I got done running that one point three miles down the mountain, uh-huh. I was already sore. I'm like, if I'm already sore, this is not delayed onset muscle soreness. This is like immediate <laughs> onset muscle soreness. I'm gonna be so oh. sore. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, because it's specificity, right? Like I have not run in so long on pavement. A, I've never carried a turkey up a mountain. It was very CrossFit like because you do dumb things like you carry giant medicine balls across the gym and stuff. Right. But it's not a 1.3 miles. I mean, it's let's be clear. Um, but yeah. there were 75 of us that did it. It was insane. 
they actually had to call more food banks in the area because we we it you well topped out ex- a food bank. It well exceeded their expectations. Um, well, that's pretty terrific. It was really fun. The people dressed up like turkeys. People dressed up their turkeys. Like it was, it was really. It was a very. It was a cool, cool event. Um, Did anybody they, dress up like a turkey and then decorate their turkey like a person? No, maybe next. That year, would have been the ironic move. Yeah, I'll have to put that in my pocket for next year. But yeah, so it took me. It was I, I was per, I was pretty sore, and then I started. I'm starting in the gym again, and I'm starting with a new coach who has me doing uh, finding my one repetition max of things like squats and uh, deadlifts. So I did that this morning, which was I haven't done anything like that. In I don't know how long. I was just buzzing and sh- and shuddering from the efforts, and then I did this 40 mile ride with a friend of mine in. It's so windy today. So that's why when, for the listeners, I was putting off Patrick to start recording because I was inhaling every bit of food that I could inhale. Like, I, you know, when you get vapory and you must inhale everything that you have to inhale. Like, that was me, like, wishing I had more arms so I could shove more food into my face immediately. I was so hungry because it's cold and it was, it's like gusty winds and we rode 40 miles and I did that stupid thing this morning and... I just got to the house and it was like it, when it hits you like a brick, like suddenly, like you're like, yep. oh, my God, I'm starving. Like it was just like that. I just was like, I'm like, oh, I'm OK. I'm, I'm like, oh, I must eat everything right now. <laughs> I must eat all the food. <laughs> right. Yes. At this moment, it must. And it's just like I can't python it fast enough. I'm just like shoving things like almost whole. Um, but now I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you have for this for us this week? What do I have for us this week? I'm going to talk about November. November, and maybe November is is more of a thing, and in places that have more winter, like November is my hardest month. Always, it's it, daylight starts dwindling. Winter's uh-huh. like banging on the door. The leaves are actually not pretty anymore. They're down, you know, like, and the trees are bare. It's pretty in a Nietzsche kind of way. Um, I usually, <laughs> like, slide into a – I slide into a funk pretty much every November because I don't have anything on the immediate horizon that I'm working towards, and I'm mm-hmm. just come off stuff. So I And it's usually, like, my fun time. It's, like, four weeks of unstructured stuff. You know, like, like I just, for this, for instance, this year, I did Iron Cross. It was the last big push, and that was October 21st. So I'm coming up on that end of that four-week period where I, where I just unstructure. I don't not do anything. You know, I still ride. Mm-hmm. I do stuff. But I'm not looking at numbers. I'm not caring. If we stop for beer in the middle of the ride, whatever. You know, it's just like it's all whatever I want to do. Um but by the end of that four weeks, I'm starting to get pretty antsy. Like, I'm starting to, like, which I think is the purpose of that break, right? Like, is to make you crave structure again. So I've been making plans, taking some steps, thinking about what I want to do. And it's funny, like, two things happened this week um, that made, I don't know, it made November even more November. It made me even more introspective than I already. Mm. <laughs> it's super November now. Um one of them was I got interviewed for bicycling, which happens once in a while. Like somebody will call me as, you know, coach and just like for a roundup story, like get some of my advice. And they wanted like it, the, this, the piece was 
Uh, these tips from top trainers will give you serious workout motivation. Feeling less than inspired? These pros share their best advice on how to keep at it. Um, and mm-hmm. my tip was, and it, and this is true, this is what I live by, is that I sign up every year for at least one thing, usually more than one, but it's at least one thing that both scares and excites me. So, you know, even though I love to ride and work out, like a lot of times, especially as I go through winter and whatever, it can be hard to look out at a very bleak day and be like, I'm going to go out and ride my bike for, you know, three hours. And so this thing that excites and scares me at the same time always gets me out the door, right? Like that's just like, how I keep infused with motivation when maybe motivation is not the first thing on my mind. Um, so I've, I've signed up for a couple of things. One of the big things is Margie Gasek in September. Do you know what that, I know no one's ever heard of it. When I did the Michigan race across Michigan last year, every mm-hmm. other person that rode by me said, Oh, you should do Margie Gasek. Like literally everybody's like, you should do. And I'm like, this must be really stupid. So it is, <laughs> it, it is billed as the, Jeremiah Bishop called it the hardest one-day race he's ever done, um, which is saying oh. something because Jeremiah Bishop does even bigger, dumber things yeah, than I do. Um, it's a 100-mile mountain bike race in Michigan. It's self-supported. It's supposed – I think – I've talked to other people who have done it, and what I think is the hardest part about it is it's so slow going. So it takes even – fat because it's very twisty and technical, and you can't ever really make progress. So you're in the woods – even the fast people are in the woods for like 12 hours. Like, so I can't, yes. So that's, you know, other people are like finishing the next day kind of thing. It's, it's, it's a very, very challenging thing. So that's my big, dumb, scary thing that I have on tap. So let's queue up the next thing. So I've also then just gone into, uh, as I mentioned, I started the gym again because I think that's a great way to get through winter. I, I've noticed that... My strength doesn't hang on quite as well if I if I'm not lifting, you know, right now. So I went. I met. This is so fascinating. So I met with this new conditioning coach who I was. I'll be straight up. I was kind of nervous about meeting with him. He is a 28 year old football ex football player, right? And I'm like, he's gonna know nothing about me. This guy is gonna know nothing. Like we're not gonna relate at all. I was super skeptical. Like they, you know, he <laughs> come recommended, and I was like, I don't know. Like, what is he, what is he going to relate to, like, a 40-something woman, ultra, like, endurance athlete, but we're not, anyway, I, I gave it a chance and I, with an open mind, and I'm glad I did, because he was, he was quite delightful, and he admitted that he didn't really know my world, but, like, when I went in to meet him the second time, he had already studied, he already had been digging through Uh, the benefits of strength training for endurance athletes. Like he had already pulled up, like been digging into literature and was like, you're all right. And he had like little serenity bracelets on. I don't know. There were cues that let me think that that we are going to mesh. And we have indeed meshed. But this guy, so he he sat down and he, he was asking me my goals and all this stuff. And Patrick, the last goal he asked me was, how does meeting your goal benefit you, your community, your industry, and the world? Oh. <laughs> Your face is just like mine. I you was can't like, be a meathead and ask that question. Right? So I was just like, I sat there for, oh, I don't know, an hour or so, <laughs> just staring at him. I'm exaggerating. But like, I just, I was so blindsided by that question. And I was literally, I'm like, well, how much time do you have? Because I, I seriously, and it is November, I'm talking November in case everyone forgot. 
I, th- I think about this a lot. I think like, you know, we all set our goals like, oh, I want to do this Margie Gusset thing and I want to blah, blah, blah. And then I'll sit and I'll get real uh, nihilistic almost and be like, what does it matter? Like, what, like, why, like, why does this motivate me? Like, why, who cares? You know, I have these trophies. I'm like, who, yep. I can get really, really in my head and just be like, am I making a difference all this time? I've spent this past how many decades riding bikes, talking about bikes. What am I doing? I'm not curing cancer. I mean, the whole thing, right? And yep. and this this question definitely just drilled right into that part of me. I don't think he knew like what was about to like what he had just hit. But then I was thinking in a lot of ways, like maybe I'm not curing cancer directly, but then I thought how do I know I'm not contributing to curing cancer? Like mm. so I mean, we know that being active lowers your risk for cancer. So just on that level, like maybe if I've inspired other people to get moving and I'm moving myself, maybe I've helped somebody avoid getting cancer. I don't know that, right? Like because they've become active and they've changed their life in a healthier direction. So now who knows? Like maybe I saved a mom somewhere or maybe a dad. Like, I don't know. Maybe there are fewer cancers in the world. Well, even if there's only one case of less cancer, let's let's pull the camera back out and talk about well, reduced diabetes, reduced right. heart disease, right. reduced blood pressure. And so if you are inspiring people and given the reach of your audience through bicycling, let's come on. I mean, there are a bunch of people out there who have been inspired. Which which is thank you for saying that because it's easy to forget as I sit in my little box here and type yep. in my little machine and don't you know when I go into the larger world I meet these people and it's wonderful but I I, I can really get very isolated sometimes and just mm-hmm. and lose that and then I thought even going one level deeper a lot of us have our best ideas on the bike right so it's yeah. possible that that maybe there's a researcher who's on his bike getting some of his best ideas exercising and moving his brain and who knows what benefit that could come and hell it just makes people happier if if for nothing else like it makes people happier so well this porno coach got this whole it's a wonderful life soliloquy you know from me like butterfly flapping its wings in china affecting the world you know the whole thing (laughs) But, but yep. it's definitely it's it was a, this whole thing has been a really uh, it's just what I needed at this point in November because it's motivated me to keep motivated, you know, and to keep pursuing these goals and all this stuff for myself and for others. Because sometimes it can feel like such a selfish pursuit. And I want I I'm sure other people must wrestle with that. And I think that's what, you know, I was sort of wondering about yourself. Like, I'm, I, I am 100 percent sure that almost everybody listening in our audience has probably wrestled with that question at some point in their life. Like, is this a selfish pursuit that I'm this thing that I'm this bicycle that spends so much of my time on? Um, But I don't think it is like by and large for all those reasons, like the one it's a wonderful life effect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. You know, the first thing I'll say, you know, in terms of, you know, the, how it matters to our audience and the average person out there, you know, think about how many people, you know, who've related a story of their spouse going, would you just get out of here and (laughs) go for a ride? Yes. I don't want to see you for two hours. Yeah. No, you know, that's true. And so, 
you know, when you start to think about not just, oh, I'm more at peace after I've gone for a ride. It's like, well, think about what it does for relationships. Yep. You know, and then if it's doing something for the relationship, you know, if there are kids involved, it does something for the whole family. That is a fact. And then if it's doing something for the family, you think about how the kids go out and interact with the rest of the world around them because they're in a happier, more balanced family. Yep. Well, then it's easier to start imagining those ripples that go out through the entire world and the butterfly wings and all that. Hmm. So uh, it's, you know, I do think it's very real. Um, On a more personal note... You know, before I was writing about cycling, my my big pursuit, you know, prior to becoming a really dedicated cyclist and writing professionally, I was supposed to be a rock star. Oh, yeah. Drummer. Yeah. And one of the things that... Was that your dream? Was that actually a pursuit? Oh, okay. Oh, very much. Yeah. I mean, I was playing semi-professionally. I say semi because I, I was making money, right? but it wasn't enough money to live on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was playing in bands that recorded, you know, we were trying to talk to labels and that sort of thing, and it never really worked out for us. Um, and I'm okay with that. I, I wasn't really mature enough to be truly a, a professional musician, and... You know, it would have been different if I'd been more mature, I think. Uh, so I'm I'm okay with that outcome. But one of the things that I wrestled with, and this was of, of particular relevance to my relationship with my father, was, you know, being, pursuing music on a professional basis was something that a lot of people considered reasonably frivolous. Oh, yeah. Especially and it, at that it time. Wasn't, yeah. And it wasn't until later, um, and in taking, uh, it was the Myers-Briggs type inventory. And when I typed out, for anyone who's gone through that stuff uh, at work or whatever, I typed out as a P, perceiving. And the person I was working with at the time uh, framed that in terms of quality of life issues. Um, And, you know... People who lean in my direction personality-wise are frequently considered partiers and, you know, not particularly driven or serious or whatever. (laughs) Um, But in my particular case, when he said, you know, quality of life um, and started to frame that in terms of doing things that help to inspire others or improve the quality of life Mm -hmm. of others... Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking about how arts and music uh, enrich mm-hmm. a culture, and mm-hmm. that I'm I, what my drive is is to enrich the culture of those with whom I resonate. Well, that's when I started to see real value to hmm. what I did. That's when I started to give myself uh, m- more more permission or or better justify what it was I was doing because this is something that's felt like a pretty serious drive for me for quite some time. Hmm. So, huh, okay. I I do see I do see the fit there to what you're talking about. Um, it took some time to find a way to frame it in a way that I really think validated it. But I'm I'm there and have been there for a number of years. Excellent. I I with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it takes me. Uh, it's an exercise of gymnastics, often to keep me with myself. Quite honestly. <laughs> 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 
So thank you for your support. <laughs> it's nice to hear that you have trouble keeping up with the fit chip. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Yes, it is. Uh... <laughs> so, so yeah. So November. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Almost. <laughs> Maybe for today's segment, we'll just focus on the happy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> What do do you have for us? Well, before we get there, we should take a brief little break for our sponsor. Yep. And then we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. It's Celine. So I'm pretty psyched to tell you about our new sponsor, PowerDot. PowerDot is a smart muscle stimulator, which is essentially a device that passively stimulates your muscles to help with recovery. Anyone who has followed me for any length of time knows I do big, dumb things. That's kind of my game. I've done Ironman, eight-day mountain bike stage races, Dirty Kanza. You get the picture. So for me, recovery is everything. And there's a lot of stuff that promises to help with recovery, and I do it, and it probably works. But I would be hard-pressed to tell you that I feel any meaningful difference in the moment, or even right away. That's not the case with electrical muscle stimulation. Electrical stim basically fires up your muscles and causes them to pulse or contract in a rhythmic fashion, which flushes them out, brings in fresh oxygenated blood, carries out the waste. It's like a recovery ride, but from your couch, because you're not moving a muscle on your own. And it just works. So when my legs are trashed, I do electrical muscle stimulation, and honestly, the stairs in my house that seemed so steep a half hour before are much easier to climb. It works that quickly. So I'm a fan. So are many doctors, therapists, coaches I've consulted over the years. This practice has been around on the professional side for decades. The nice thing about PowerDot is that it's so small and easy to use. The whole unit is smaller than a saddlebag, so it's super portable. And you work it through your phone via Bluetooth and the PowerDot app. You just put on the pads, activate it with your phone, and the units start pulsing. The nice thing with PowerDot is that it also has pre-programmed sessions in the app. So you can just put it on and pick quads, hit the button, and let the machine work its magic. And now, thanks to the sponsorship, PowerDot is giving Paceline listeners 20% off their order. So just go to PowerDot.com, use the code PACELINE at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's PowerDot.com, use the code PACELINE to get 20% off your order today. Okay, we're back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels, and now we're going to talk about bike and daylight and more happy. Um, <laughs> more November. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, let, let's start with the obvious. You know, the days are shorter, and I don't know anybody who rides post-work right now who is still doing it, but without lights. Um, and for those of us uh, who live in... There? I'm curious. What's your sunset? Uh, I I five ish, five ish. Okay. Yeah, we're about this. We're about the same. It, it's four forty five technically, but who's who's counting? Yeah, December twenty first I mean, will come soon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving right along. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I've got an added problem out here that it. You know, for most of us who live in California, mm. riding outside at all right now has been hampered, if not downright impossible, due to the fires here. You know, in yep. my fa- in my case, the campfire has given us uh, an average daily AQI of around 150. Uh, wow. Yeah. Patrick, so, we I mean, had like, smoke here. I don't mean to interrupt you. 
Yesterday, what? everybody thought it was fog. I'm not kidding. And it was on the news last night that what you th- all thought was fog was a smoke plume from California that has made its way across the state to the East Coast. Oh, my God. Yes. Wow. So when you say, I can't even imagine when you're talking about the air quality there, we had a, we had a slight alert here from your fires out there. That's 3,000 miles away. Uh Chico yesterday had an AQI of like 190. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been bad enough. It is actually raining right now. So things are in the midst of getting much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. But good. It's it's been bad enough that it's not enough to go outside with an N95 mask. Uh, I ha- I need sunglasses on or wow. some sort of eye protection because I keep noticing that like stuff gets in my eyes. Oh my lord! I yeah. just I have no frame of reference for that. I just don't. I I can't. Wow. Yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy. Anyway, not to focus on that. So I haven't done a single ride since getting back from Taiwan a week mm-hmm. ago today, um, and I'd been you know after having. All this time over there where most every ride was super easy, I was thinking, man, I'm going to take the whole rest of November and just do base miles. Right, right. Uh, yeah, not so much. <laughs> also, I needed the the daylight to help reset my brain from the jet lag. Right. Um, and as you and I shared before we started recording, I'm not reset on the whole jet lag thing. I yet. bet the and not riding isn't helping that. Oh, it has compounded it quite a bit. It really has. I know that's made oh, it worse. No because, you know, just making your body tired. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but the real thing that I wanted to discuss today is, is you know, the effect of sunlight. Yeah. You know, being out in daylight. And, you know, riding during daylight hours, I, I know just how valuable that is, you know? Um I mean, like I said, I should be over my jet lag, but I'm still on exactly the same schedule. And not being able to ride uh, and get that dose of sunshine is really a pro- a piece of my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, with the days getting shorter, it, we're now into the time of year when a lot of people start to get sad, seasonal mm-hmm. affective disorder. When I lived in New England, <laughs> I was able to avoid it with all my time on the snow teaching Nordic skiing. Yep. And, you know, honestly, whether it's doing a ride in the morning before work or riding at lunch, getting some sun can be really important to mental health this time of year. Uh, you know, one of our local shops does a lunch ride they call the Hour of Power. Yep. You know, yep. Get in, do it, yeah. get out. It's really terrific. And I'm going to start doing those rides again here pretty soon. But the other piece of this is that, you know, morning rides and lunch rides often succeed or fail based on accountability. You know, as in making it a group thing so that others, uh, mm-hmm. so that you know others are expecting to see you. For sure. Especially uh, if you need to break through your day, you have to. Yeah. It's too easy yeah. to blow it off. Exactly. Um, and so that part can be especially helpful once the weather starts to get yucky. It's like, well, you know, yep. Billy and Mary are going to be there. <laughs> yep. Oh, total, no, 100%. Yep. Yeah. Um, because then, you know, not only did you not show up for the ride, they're like, dude, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you were not so there you, to share our misery. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. There's this crazy existential component to yeah. it, right? Um, so I really like the 
compound effect of peer pressure to make sure you're getting in a ride as well as getting some sunlight during the time of year when it's in pretty short supply. Um, I can honestly say I've never had seasonal affective disorder. And I think it's the combination of bikes and skis over the years that has been why. Um, that said, since I'm still trying to reset my brain and looking for everything that can help get me right again, I'm thinking you probably have a thing or three to add to this. Yeah, well, no, it's super interesting because as soon as you started talking, because I know that you've been struggling with the with the jet lag, the, like the really serious jet lag where you're waking up at crazy hours and not being able to sleep and reset. Exercise is one of the things that resets it. And now that I see that you haven't been able to ride, that makes sense. Like it makes more sense to me that you're deeper in this hole than maybe you normally would be. Um, yeah. They even tell you when you get, as soon as the plane touches down sometimes, you know, to try to get out and do something now. Like it just helps get the circadian rhythm making yeah. a little more sense. I was going to do a Zwift ride and then I realized, oh, wait a second. All the air in my garage is all the same air as outside. <laughs> that is, oh man. Yeah. I, that's, that's all got to be really compounding the situation for you for sure. I mean, it's, it, and even, um, even the sunlight, I mean, I don't know how much of a pall is over the sun, you know, as far as like what the. It's darker all day yeah, long. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause I, I mean, again, I'm 3,000 miles away, and we noticed it yesterday morning here that the, 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 the light was different. So all that, all that compounds it. I mean, I've never been, um, I've never been one to get too sad either. I, like, I certainly don't like the shorter days, but I even find, and that's one of the reasons that I like going to the gym really early, is that even mm -hmm. getting in bright light and loud noise and stuff, you know, it's not real light, but it's still just, it's still like stimulating something. And I have one of those daylight clocks that goes up and that's a beautiful thing. Like it, it, hmm. it, it simulates daylight and it really does feel like sunrise in the room. It's just a really nice light. Um, and, and exercise, exercise, exercise. I mean, I really like, I think that just helps so much because it's keeping your serotonin. It's keeping your dough, like all that stuff that can be harder to keep normal this time of year. Uh, it definitely helps keep normal. And and just the community, we've talked about that all the time. But when I go to the gym, yep. there's tons of people there. Every, you know, we're all like energetic. And it's just all that really helps. Um, and this is going to sound really strange. And I'm going to say it anyway. There is a part of me that is relieved. And maybe it's because I'm so insane I can't ever stop moving. Like as long as there's daylight, I'm doing – I must be doing something. I must be doing something. I must – that's my father in me. Like it's, it's until the night is like a farmer. Until the, the sun goes down, like you must be productive. Um, uh -huh. I find this kind of time of year kind of a relief. Like I – because it – for like I'm like, oh, I can't keep – I will read a book. I will like stuff that I don't do in the summer because I cannot stop. So it's it's an interesting break for me mentally that I I actually welcome. Um, mm. I'm ready for it to be gone once the light starts returning for sure. But there's a little part of me that is appreciative of it, of the hibernation. Uh-huh. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not something I'm struggling with right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully we got to pull you like back to the normal side of things. And then, yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah. Well, uh, well, thanks. It's, it's good to hear that, you know, any, uh, anything that can help kind of confirm. <laughs> oh yeah. Know, no, my, that all, suspicious. Like, all makes more sense than just like a, a case of jet lag. I mean, it's all, it's, it's more things are yeah. keeping you out of whack than the transcontinental flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go share that with my sons. Uh, is there any is there yesterday. any science to also? And I don't. I, this I actually don't know because this was a little longer of a trip, and maybe people who travel a lot know this. But does it matter how long you're there, and then come? Do you know what I mean? Do because you, you maybe reset right. a little to that time more? I don't. I don't know if there's anything to that. Yeah. So it uh, your body will only adjust by an hour a day. Okay. okay. So, so there is a science. So to it. say yeah. So say you go halfway around the world. You're mm-hmm. twelve hours off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will take you twelve days to get onto that schedule. And so if you're there twelve, thirteen, fourteen days, then it's going to take you that long to get back on track when you get back. If you go. Uh, if you go to, I don't know, uh, Kazakhstan mm-hmm. for, uh, for two days, your, your jet lag won't be that bad. I was just thinking, cause I went enough. to a, it was a giant pre, uh, bike launch. It was one of those ridiculous ones. We flew to Australia three days. Like I went or literally around the world, but I was not jet lagged at all. Uh, you know, uh-huh. like, it, because it just, I don't think I ever processed it. I just basically came back and just went right back into like, oh, all right, now it's Monday or whatever day it was. Like I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you only reset as far as the West Coast. Well, wow, that's interesting. Three days, three hours. Yeah. You, you were in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what your body thought, you huh. know? Yeah. Whereas because I was there two and a half weeks, I was fully reset. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I haven't reset at all. And the melatonin yet, isn't helping at all. You tried to take I took some- six milligrams last night yeah. and no, no, I was a friend of mine said, you're going to have some really interesting dreams, dude. Yeah, I, saw that. I was ready. I was ready. No, no man. leaf blowers, man. Leaf blowers. <laughs> we are going to right after the lawyers are up against the wall. It's going to be the guys with the leaf blowers. I hate leaf blowers. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Let's move on to the picks. Okay. <laughs> It's not a leaf floor. Um, because, because I am back in the gym, um, I've, I, this is on my, and running. Um, I don't use them. Oddly, I don't use, do you wear compression, anything? Compression tights, compression socks? I, I've been sent a couple of compression items. And even though I requested really small sizes, none of them really do all that much compression. Interesting. Because you can get compression. I, I, what, do you know what the manufacturers were? I could give you a couple names that are serious compression, like pain in the butt to get on compression. Oh, well, like skins? No, skins are not. I, 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 oh. Sorry, skins. I don't mean to say you're nothing, but skins is, they're, they're one of those that they, they are active, but they're, um, they're, I would call them almost light to medium. Like if you, you can wrestle into a pair of, I think Zoots is one that is literally you're wrestling into the stuff, uh, mm. but it works really well once you've, wrestled into it. I have a compression top that I wear that's also very, uh, keeps you very warm. It's the, uh-huh. like, it makes me feel like it's 10 degrees warmer when it's super cold out, but it is, I almost dislocate shoulders to get it on and off. Like, it's just insane. It's so hard to get. I'm unfamiliar with that experience. Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, 
Tell us about these. Yeah. So anyway, so the the ones that this is two X U, which is I would call it kind of more towards the skin side of things. Uh, but I, I do I do find that uh, it doesn't work the magic like that it maybe got oversold in the beginning when compression first became a thing. But it's definitely mm-hmm. a thing like it facilitates circulation from your lower body back to your upper body. And when your muscles get tired or when they get sort of heavy with, you know, all the blood and whatever, it's a real thing like it works. Um, I notice the benefits most when I'm running. And I think it's because I have cycling legs that are not gazelle-like, you know, that are that are not. So any help those muscles can get, my cycling calves can get to recirculate stuff, helps a ton. Same with lifting. So I've been, I've, I've pulled them back out of the, the shelves and I'm like, wow, I could just like wear these every day because they feel great. They just make you feel a little mm. springy. Um, yeah, so 2XU Elite MCS, uh, which is... Muscle containment stamping, which is a fancy way of saying that they just have, um, it's sort of compartmentalized for your quads, for your calves. Like the, the compression is gradiated from bottom to top and also according to muscle group to just supposedly to squeeze everything just right is the best okay. way to say it. Um, I love them. I think they do help reduce soreness and then maybe that's just because they keep your muscles from vibrating a whole lot when you're running you know a lot of a lot of damage happens just from mechanical kind of stuff so if you can keep things a little tighter it helps reduce some of that damage from that um so if anyone okay. is flying uh getting back into the gym or whatever i, I think it's totally worth looking into some compression wear. Yeah. interesting okay and on flights um, i'm surprised you don't wear socks you know yeah I, yeah Okay. I don't I don't have any, uh, I, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, I, yeah, I just haven't incorporated. Well, you were never a so. triathlete. No, you no, go to, too many sports in one day. You go to, uh, I'm not kidding, uh, I saw when I went to Kona, there was some dude head to toe with a hood in a compression, like a onesie. Um, and it was, it was, it's all, it's such a triathlete thing. It was one of the new ones that was white and you could charge it with a mentholated spray. Like to, so the effect would be like an ice compression. And he was like running down the queen K in this, I'm like, that is a triathlete right there. He is an Ironman. I'll get you one yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> 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 just so I can, you have to wear it for a podcast, just so I can see you. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I know just the party I need to wear it to. <laughs> yeah. One of those parties. Okay. There you go. All right. Moving yeah. on. Well, this is Sonoma <laughs> County. Uh, yeah. So my pick, uh, speaking of Sonoma County, <laughs> my pick this week is the Floyds of Leadville Transdermal CBD Cream. Love it. We've talked around this product, yep. but now I've had a chance to use it. Before I get into the product itself, though, I want to say briefly that I know there's a lot of talk about CBD use in the media right now, and then it's been touted for treating all sorts of stuff. My recommend, and I'm not saying against the other things that it's been touted for, my recommendation, though, is just very narrow. So far as I know, 
the best researched application, uh, and to my knowledge, its most effective application is for nerve pain. And that's the reason for talking about it now, at least in my case. I took the Floyds of Leadville transdermal CBD cream with me to Taiwan because I knew there would be some long days on the bike. Um, like there were two days on our tour where we were rolling into town after dark. Uh, <laughs> and it's day. not because of incredible mileage. Right, it's right. just so much regrouping. Um, that that just amazed me. Um, but actually, the, the day I had the most trouble was after I did that long group ride. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, listeners of the Pace Line, most of them probably recall uh, that I have spinal stenosis. I've yep. talked about it here before, um, which is to say a thinning of one of the discs in my neck. Uh, in my case, it's between C5 and C6. Uh, the, what it does is it pinches nerves and the pain is pretty ugly. There have been times where I've gotten flashes of light after hitting a mm. bump. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yep. Um, so I've, I've vowed not to use opiates to treat the pain. Partly because I can't really write on opiates and partly because, I don't know, America, right? right. Um, you know, so the Floyd's transdermal cream comes in this little pump bottle, uh, contains 1,200 milligrams worth of CBD. Uh, and, you know, there's there's really no mystery to this stuff. You simply massage it into the spot where the pain is. Um, in my case, it takes several applications over 15 or 20 minutes to get real relief, but it, it does truly help, uh, this stuff. I mean, the only other thing that I can use is, uh, a lidocaine cream that Mm -hmm. I have. Um, but this stuff is, it's crazy effective. Um, a pump bottle goes for 69 bucks. Each pump you know, one full pump from the bottle contains about 12 milligrams of CBD. And since it's a 1200 uh, milligram bottle, that's about 100 pumps in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, 69 cents a pump or something. Um, it's worth it. Okay. Totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this stuff. Uh, I know that uh, opinions on Floyd vary and some of them are really, really strong. When I've talked to him uh, about his belief in CBD, if the guy is not genuine, I mean... He is a very genuine person. Yeah. (laughs) He is a very genuine person. And he owns all of himself. So He really does. Uh, I've been a fan for a while. You know, for all that he's for all that he's contributed to cycling, I I've still been uh, a fan of where he's come around to. You know, if you um, think about it, he has contributed quite a bit. Yeah. Even after all that, right? I mean, it's it, yep. He went through the fire to contribute what he's contributed. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just one little thing I'll say is he's due for a new book. You know. <laughs> You know, yeah. yes. there needs to be a, a new book on Floyd. That's, there really that's does. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, hmm. now's the time. But anyway, you know. So you find uh, that taking this, putting it on, just because I'm curious, transdermally works more uh, effective than drops or capsules? Um, the I haven't done a lot with drops. I've got some capsules. Uh, I've got some chews. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there are times where when the pain's really bad, 
yeah, I will do a capsule or a chew or something, but I'm still doing the transdermal cream. In terms of fastest uh, way to deal with the pain, uh, it's it's the trans transdermal cream. A capsule can take more than an hour. Fair to, that's to, to start. Your system. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's not localized where you're applying yep. this exactly where the pain is. Yep. But the double whammy of the two uh, is not something I'm afraid to do. Right. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. The the drops. I I need to experiment. I've around never with tried that the drops. I've tried more. the capsules. I don't. I've noticed they make me just like a little more mellow, which, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really have the, I don't have a need for them. But I do like the cream quite a bit for what for what you're saying. If I get a little niggle or something, I definitely put it on. Yeah, it's it's made a real difference for me. Um, and what I the reason I really want to recommend this on the on the show as opposed to anything else out there is that it's very readily available. You know, you go into dispensaries and there's no telling whose brand you're going to find and how consistent it is. And one of the things that appeals to me about the Floyds is they talk about their sourcing. You know, they talk about their methodology. Uh, So, I, I mean, while I don't have independent research to confirm this, it sounds like it's a much more consistent product than some out there. Fair. You know, plus plus it's easier to get. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fine. All righty. Well, I think that's a wrap for this episode of The Pace Line. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? We are going to my brother's house. Um, he lives in Virginia, and I'm uh, my brother is a FBI chief explosive scientist, so he's very smart, and uh, he's also very funny. So uh, it's always a, a really good time, and he, he makes a really mean drink as a chemist by nature. Uh, you have to, you have to be really <laughs> careful <laughs> because he can make a drink that doesn't taste like a drink. You're like, oh, this is delicious, and then you're, you know seeing elephants and stuff but uh so it'll be fun and um it's supposed to be here uh, here i'm going to talk about the weather again the coldest thanksgiving we've had in a hundred years oh yeah well that was the wind today on today's bike ride thank you whatever front is moving in um it's supposed to get down to 19 and that's very cold that's very cold for us this time. It's, it's cold, period. It's very cold for Thanksgiving. It's supposed to go back yeah. up then, but it's just like this one weird day of very cold snap. So, yeah. Ooh. But I don't care because I worked out really hard today and I'm taking off tomorrow and I'm just going to like eat and watch football. So, yourself? Uh, I'm not really sure yet, to really? be honest. I know I'm supposed to do a ride in the morning. There hasn't been a lot of discussion around here. Uh, and... I've just been so out of sorts. It's right, like I right. haven't even been up for discussing it. Um, so I will largely find out. It's raining here, as I mentioned earlier. I'm really, really happy about that. It's going to wash stuff out of the air. They say it's not enough rain to actually put out the fire, which amazes me. But then that it will wash. Become? Yeah, it becomes uh, that becomes a big threat. Yeah. Yeah depending on how much rain. So they're hoping that we get less than two and a half inches. Um, You know, I don't know how much is actually forecast, but uh, the air will be better. And if we haven't gotten too much rain by tomorrow morning, we're meeting up at this lake within Annadale State Park and we'll stand around and eat pastries and drink coffee and uh, tell tall tales. Sounds good. Yeah. Good day. Yeah. So... Uh, just looking forward to the rain. I mean, that'll, that'll be a big change for us. Yeah. I hope it changes a lot of things. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, something I'm going to say again, I think I've said it one or two times before, something I think we should be doing more of is fielding requests for segments of the show. So if you, our lovely audience members, uh, have an idea or a request or a need, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in our comments. Uh, yeah. Well, hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes it easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.